This is the Interesting-ish Podcast, where I hope you listen long enough to say, this was pretty interesting-ish. My name is Rick Myring. I'll find the interesting stories so that you may find that your story is interesting too. Hello everyone. In this episode of Interesting-ish, we get into the topic of mental health as well as suicide. I want to pause right there and just mention if anyone listening is feeling suicidal at this moment to please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. We urge you to reach out. We urge you to pick up your phone now and make that call. You can also text the word HOME to 741-741, but please use one of those outlets. Rewind this podcast if you have to to get that number again. But we want you to reach out. We want you to begin that process of just talking with somebody. That's where it all begins, is where we talk and listen to one another. And that's what I hope you gather from this podcast. In addition, if the topic of suicide is maybe just too triggering for you at this time or just too sensitive to um, a family member in your life, it may not be the time to listen to this. But we do hope you join the conversation when you're ready. A couple other ideas as we kind of build a framework around the topic of suicide. Um, so often, in, in at least my upbringing, you'd hear the phrase committing suicide. Um, people are moving away from that terminology as the word committing is a term we use to refer to people who commit crimes. And uh, instead, people have mentioned completing suicide. And uh, that's just a little bit um, different framework um, to be honorable when we're when we're talking about this topic. Um, a couple other quick ideas: suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the United States, but an even more staggering figure is it is the second leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of ten and thirty-four. Um, some extremely formative years there. Uh, I can remember them myself being very challenging. And um, we want to change that statistic. And it begins by talking. We have an outstanding guest in Shandy Longcore coming up. She's got a, her own story and message that she is beginning to share more and more. And uh, she's just got such a passion for um, sharing that story and, and reaching out to others. Um, so that they can be affected by um, the message of fighting for your life and finding somebody to talk to. Uh, I hope it touches your soul to reach out to others, and uh, we just really appreciate you listening. And we're going to start out with a quote from Shandy right now. Thanks. You know, I think it's important for people to know this is one of my main messages in, in my speeches is that I am here to tell you that you are loved mm -hmm. even if you don't feel loved. You do have purpose even if you can't visualize it. Mm -hmm. And then the final one is you are given this life for a reason. Even if you can't grasp those details today, I'm here to tell you I, with my whole heart open and as wide as can be, fight. Fight mm -hmm. to figure that out because... And it just gave me goosebumps because when you arrive to that kind of moment of clarity like I have, it's, um, oh, it's great. It's um, liberating. It's exciting. It's energizing. And 
so yeah, I'm not here. I'm not going to deny there are dark, muddy waters in life. Yeah, I've lived them, and and you know, not just in my childhood, but in my adult life too. But if you can keep working to get through that and acknowledge that for what it is, and start those conversations, and you, you just never know what time can give you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it could be yeah. very, very beautiful. Welcome to another episode of Interesting-ish. I'm your host, Rick Meiring, and today I have with me Shandy Longcore. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. We're going to start off right away with Interesting-ish as our title. We want to know something interesting-ish about Shandy. You know, that's a, a funny starting question, Rick, just in, this, <laughs> just in the sense that someone could easily label me as a quirky person from... Oh, I can clap with one hand, or I have nine toes, not ten. I've been involved in saving someone's life, to I have a very quirky laugh. So you name it, I, you can say I'm embracing my imperfections. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit more about the saving life. Is that a reasonably lighthearted story? Yeah, it um, because it has a great ending. Okay. Yeah, so I'm a really big um, advocate for AEDs. And, um, you know, I used to be in the fitness industry and we, by law, are re- were required to have them, but it was a gentleman with a cardiac arrest event and took it by the grace of God and a team of great people that had trained hard to be ready in those situations. And yeah. you never know who you're going to be, fight or flight in that moment. And right. thankfully I was in fight mode for this gentleman and we'll forever be friends. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. a, it ended up a scary day that ended up great. <laughs> good, good, good. We, um... At the camp I work at here at Camp Blodgett, we just added two AEDs to our repertoire, and we have one on each side of our property at West and East. And, you know, in the very rare situation that might come up, especially with a lot of younger clientele, a huge deal. For sure. And those can be such lifesavers. Yeah, yeah. All right, outside of that, why don't you just give us a very short... um, Maybe I'll I'll start off. Sure. Um, We have a mutual friend, Scott, who... um, I got to talk with Scott around the holidays and said, ah, I'm doing this podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I'm not taking it um, too seriously. We're just taking it um, one to two people per month where I chat with them about very fascinating stories and usually often stories too where I, I told Scott um, where people kind of pivot in their world um, of kind of taking a step out of their normalcy, um, their, their career path they might be on. And he... Um, it really peaked in his brain. He's like, you need to talk to my coworker, Shandy mm-hmm. Longcore. And am I, am I saying that right? Yep. yep Shandy yep, Longcore. Okay. And so we connected over the next couple months, and, and here we are today. I love it. So tell me a little bit about um, maybe um, how you met Scott and kind of the career you've yeah, been in sure. up through now. Yeah, so Scott and I met back, gal, um, 07-ish in the fitness industry where we were both kind of climbing the corporate ladder and working together to grow as leaders and how to help people in a servant leadership mentality. And we both had success at that. And um, then from there, my path just changed recently and um, it was nice to, you know, call him a friend for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, we're gonna chat a little bit today about your, your story on the whole and it deals a little bit with mental health Mm -hmm. and it also deals with the topic of suicide um we 
Yeah, in my own personal journey, I, I started to, so I guess I sat up in this same room. I, I sat in a um, professional development, a staff meeting where I was chatting with coworkers and we were talking around the topic of our differences mm-hmm. and how people kind of put us out and or, or kind of people acknowledging how you're different. Mm-hmm. And so um, one coworker might have mentioned that they had a different household income. Um, one might have mentioned how um, their approach to racial differences was different than some of their, their generation before them. For me, the stand, you know, kind of the, the arena that stood out was how mental health and depression and even suicide was a part of my family story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily true for others. For others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when I, I can remember very vividly when I was 10 or 11 years old, making a, a poor comment about suicide or even somebody killing themselves. Sure. And my mom took me aside. We were raking leaves. Mm-hmm. And she took me aside and she said, um, do you know that um, my mother took her own life? Oh, wow. And that's not something that we, we talk right, about right. in terms of um, jokingly. Right. Um, but it was a great opportunity for me as a child for her to take me aside and to understand um, just the seriousness of that of conversation. And to learn something. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And to just learn all. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. learn about um, my own history with mental health and that topic. So maybe walk us through, um, either, yeah, walk us through your, maybe your childhood with that. Yeah. So, you know, when I look back to my childhood, I actually view it as a great thing. I mean, it was filled with playing with neighborhood kids and creating forts and I was pretty, um, big into just, you know, whether it was just playing with friends or creating games or dances or all sorts of stuff, um, depending on what my friends wanted to do, I, I kind of wanted to create the forts. But <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, looking back, I, from one glance, I, I could say I was simply over obsessing. But what I know now is that it's much more likely I was suffering from some form of mental illness mm-hmm. that basically met its match a, a really, really bad day. And I, the setup story was is kind of interesting. My cry for help, when we look back, realizing it was a cry, is is that I didn't feel pretty. Mm. And at, in my adolescent mind, I actually thought if I could just chop off my hair, I would go to my mom, she would buy me a wig, and it, that would make everything okay. That in combination with, you know, I didn't feel loved, even though I was completely completely loved you know I'm, I'm big into love languages and that's important to me as a parent now and as a friend and as a spouse and that type of thing is is researching what that person's love language is and make sure we're, sure. we're talking that love language Absolutely. so I had a I had a lot going on even though on in that was inside of me on the surface you'd say you know that's a fairly normal kid that's you know working to grow up and uh have a fairly promising future mm-hmm. and and but that wasn't the truth that that day of it was August 23rd 1991 where my kind of mental health status or likely that episode um, met its match and 
it was the day after I chopped off my hair and instead of securing that chance to become pretty, I ended up in a pretty major argument with my dad and mm -hmm. it just, you know, he went back to work and I was left home to kind of ponder my next move and it went downhill from there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it doesn't help that I'm a really impulsive person and, you know, you grow into dealing with how you're, how you're going to deal with that as an yeah. adult, but as a kid, in that moment, I just wanted to be gone. I just wanted to be done. And unfortunately, I knew where a rifle was in our house. Mm -hmm. I located it. I didn't hesitate. I did not write a note. I just loaded it. And thankfully, by the grace of God, at the last second, I got something wrong. And that is just pure anatomy. Mm -hmm. I had that, you know, I pointed the rifle at my chest and at the last second, I had that like mirror thought, like, wait, is my heart on my right or my left? Mm -hmm. And uh, seriously, by the grace of God, I just, at the last second, I, I switched it. I switched it from um, my left to my right and I fired it. Wow. And it was a 30-30 hunting rifle and those make their mark mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So that was my big moment in life, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the fact that I'm still here is, is, is huge, mm -hmm. wow. yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I knew you were going to share this story, and I thought to myself, I don't have any words to add to the story other than we're so thankful you're here. Oh, that's a, yeah. those are beautiful words. Thank you. I'm thankful to be here. I, I, you know, going through that journey at the time, well, get the, the um, local paper actually called it and labeled it as an accidental shooting. Mm. And in full transparency, we as a family, we we hid behind that word mm -hmm. accidental, you know, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. The This was early 90s, you know, where mental health was not something we talked about, right? right? Like Similar paper, to your childhood. The paper was interested in everybody having an owl. Yes. And, and put that narrative yeah, in there. Yeah, right. Because it was yeah. such a, suicide was such a taboo subject. Yeah. Um, we're getting there because we have to now, right? Mm -hmm. Because the statistics are so bad. But, you know, I... It's interesting, looking back, as dramatic as that story was, um, I, I would give anything to erase it, but I wouldn't erase what I learned from it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mm -hmm. I would erase what the pain and anguish that it caused my family, and, and obviously me as well, but wow, I was given a second chance at life, and that's a beautiful lens to live life through, right. you know? right. Yeah, and so I think about these decades now, and I think um, 90s, 2000s, and now we're entering towards the 2020s, and there's been this stripping away, and I don't know if maybe this is the positive arena of social media, um, if we can find we can one, find <laughs> <laughs> but um, the cute pictures, you, right? you start to realize um, with people's challenges, you know, couples' challenges with... Um, inability to have babies and infertility mm -hmm. and how that was so very quiet in households as yeah. well yeah and we've come to this place of this kind of beautiful acknowledgement and mourning of, mm -hmm. of those ch children mm -hmm. that we've mm -hmm. lost and yet um it's still very hard it doesn't make it any no. easier yeah but we are starting to kind of strip away these layers of that's ugly and we put this over here yeah instead of saying what can we learn from this right and and let's put it out in the open so that it can benefit yeah. somebody else yeah and so you walk that same path with this story mm -hmm. in terms of um that's behind us that's packaged away 
um, something started stirring in you. Yeah, years for ago. sure. Yeah. Tell so, us that. Interesting. I didn't um, completely hide my story for the last, you know, um, 28 years, but I certainly didn't go out of my way to talk about it. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, so it's interesting that you had something that happened with your coworkers. I, I too had something that happened with my coworkers. We were at a beautiful, um, well, it's called the World's Leaders Conference, right? With very um, pre- pre- prestigious speakers mm-hmm. and um, n- not just motivational speakers, also speakers with just a servant heart wanting to share um, what the Lord has done in their life and things like that too. So it was quite a, it was a variety of speakers. Yeah. And one of them was John O'Leary. And this gentleman's story and mine happens to have quite a few parallels. Um, no, he didn't, you know, attempt suicide, but what he was doing at roughly the same age, he was, he was, as, that I was, he was playing with fire and decided to um, light a little fire, a little baby fire in his garage and to make it bigger because, you know, in his mind that would be neat, was he took a five-gallon tank of gasoline and started dumping on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you're aware of what's going to happen when you do that, but it's it, a full-on explosion and he lit his entire body on wow. fire. on fire. And so since he's written a book called On Fire and a big part of his message, and I think this was, I know, this was my moment of clarity amongst 10 coworkers, mind you, right? Where, you know, through, I really felt the presence of God and what he was looking for from me. It's like that, what I call the aha moment or a moment of clarity. And it was through John's message and it was a beautiful thing, but super scary. And, and what it was is just, hey, people, if you are not living out your calling in life, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And why not? Go ahead and shut up that inner critic of yours and let's get to work because you're not helping anybody. And it, it yeah, it was scary and it involved that ugly crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was beautiful in that, Clarity is a gift, you know, and when you're given that and I was able to act on it a few years later, it it just, it ended up being this specific calling to share my story because hiding it certainly wasn't helping anyone, you know, so it was tough in that conference, but um, thereafter I've now dabbled in sharing my story and it's getting more and more comfortable and I'm already getting feedback from people uh, just saying, wow, I, I I didn't know because, you know, on the surface, people look at my life and they're like, what? You struggled from mental health? Sure, and I'm like, sure. yes, I'm real, people. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, so um, it's, so I've dabbled in sharing my story and then um, since then was given the opportunity to step away from my big, big career. Yeah to doing the mix of stay-at-home mom and starting this initiative of just sharing my story in hopes to help others. And that initiative is Embracing Imperfection. Yeah, I just decided to give it that title and it's been a beautiful thing. Um, I'm I'm quirky and, and I think 
if we're all being honest, we all, you know, I, I think honoring our life's blemishes and realizing mm-hmm. that nobody gets through life without developing scars, whether they're in your heart or an external scar right. or like both in my case, you know, I think once we start to own that, our story, our life story, thing, beautiful things can happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I no one wants to talk about this subject of suicide and the fact that um, I'm, hey, let's talk, you mm-hmm. know, is, is where I want to meet people, you know? Definitely. Well, I think what draws me to this conversation and, and draws me to having you on this podcast is I've had in my life in the last year to 18 months, um, so many, you know, not direct relationships um, or direct relations to me, but very close um, relationships from over the last 15, 20 years people just simply being gone the next day. Yeah. And a lot of that is the partnership with the, the opioid epidemic. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That there's been a few deaths in, in and around my life that nobody's really sure yeah. how that ended or why that ended. Right. But they know that those people are gone. Gone, yeah. And those could be those same moments of... Um, you know, misfiring chemicals connected with mm-hmm. poor circumstances mm-hmm. where um, we have these people lost either right. to suicide or an overdose right. or whatever that is. And that's a big deal to me. It is um, so sad. That, that these lives are, are, are going away much earlier than um, by natural circumstances. Right. Right. And you talk a little bit, um, you know, I, I, I'm just fascinated by, you know, those ugly cry moments yeah. or when you know that either through a speaker or through a circumstance, the almighty is talking to you yeah. in some way, shape mm-hmm. or form to say, I gave you a voice mm-hmm. and I want you to use it in a different way. And I think, um, there's not everybody listens to that. And that's, that's what's really interesting about, I want to capture those voices of the people that made that pivot and want to listen and took a step out. Absolutely. I'm proud of you for doing the podcast because I feel that it will help people, you know, and encourage people to use their voice. That That is probably a big part of my talk today is, you know, why is it that, you know, when we're physically ill, oh, yes. I, I have the flu, I need help, you know, mm-hmm. and we see the doctor or whatnot. But when we're mentally ill and then we feel like, oh, I'm, I might hurt myself or I'm really down and life seems dark right now. We refuse to use that same voice to, you know, call out for help. I'm here to tell you, if you could actually see the scan of a brain of someone that is not going through a mental health episode in comparison to someone that is, you would be getting help because then Mm -hmm. I feel like then you're seeing the physical connection of what is going on right now with my body. Why do I feel this way? And so I... Absolutely, you know, you said voice. I please let's use our voice to start the conversation. Maybe that means you're the listener for someone who is struggling, or maybe that means you know you're not feeling right and you need to just get that first paragraph out with someone you love and trust or a professional listener. Amen to reaching out. Let's connect the fact that you would go to a doctor for something physical. Let's go ahead and go to a doctor for something mental and reduce that stigma that goes around it. And I'm here to tell you that I too had prejudices against that, 
you know, mm-hmm. world of working with a counselor and, a, and or a therapist. And I'm, I'm telling you, as a young adult, I enlisted in the aid of a counselor and ended up being a quite a long-term re- relationship. But that gave me tools and strategies. And wow, it, it's my hour mm-hmm. of self-care that we now know is important. Totally. And gal, that can buy you, that can give you mileage, you know? Yeah. You're gonna yeah, yeah, really, yeah. and you wouldn't think it, and then you get through your session and you're like, yeah, I'm really glad I went today. Yeah. You just yeah. have to get there. Yeah. You just have to start talking. Right now, so I'm 38 years old and I'm going through physical therapy. Um, I've got this foot thing that's going on with my back. It's and frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I tell my physical therapist, I think this should be a way of life. I would love to see a physical therapist two to three times a month where I work on the strength of this Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm 38 and one would hope you wouldn't be going through (laughs) PT at that time, but it's the same thing with, you know, what we call a therapist. 15 years ago, people didn't talk about, we're in marriage counseling. I'm seeing a therapist. And it was such a joy for me to have either my pastor or people I looked up to say, that's something I'm talking to my therapist about because having, you know, they say it takes a village yeah. when raising kids, when raising families, that we have multiple voices and multiple ears that will listen to us, yeah. that will reframe some of even our, our thought passages yeah. of, ah, I think you're thinking that in a, in a little different way that I'd like you to remember about your value, yeah. um, where you stand in God's image. Right. Uh, and where you stand in this community with your family, with your loved ones. Because you said something really important about um, you had a family life that was generally supportive, loving. I did. And that depression or mental health is not a reflection Mm -hmm. of the the shortcomings of our parents or our community. It it may be, um, there may be situations that are are challenging in certain households, certainly. For sure. But... um, that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, the reframing is important. Okay. I, I, I think that when you do enlist the help, enlist the help of a friend or um, a pastor or a teacher or a mentor or your parents or your what, whoever sure. or the professional, sometimes you are thinking of something in a very narrow, as a, in a narrow path when really you kind of need someone to reframe it for mm. you or to get you to think about it in another way. And, and those are the tools that in kind of conversations that can come up if you're willing to start the conversation. Yeah. So you had mentioned to me there, there's two important things. You know, we definitely wanted to talk about this initiative and your own story with uh, entering into embracing imperfection and sharing your own story, but also kind of the tools in terms of how do we approach mental health and how do we kind of acknowledge maybe a very scary, um, not scary, I guess maybe a very serious Mm -hmm. emergency situation where we have opportunities to act on that Mm -hmm. versus um, kind of a a management and how we just care for ourselves on a daily, weekly, yearly basis. Talk to us a little bit about somebody who's in a really challenging situation now. What outlets do they have to connect on a very broad level? Yeah, it's a great question. There are so many opportunities out there. They first just have to be willing to take the, the first step. Yes. And in a crisis moment, it's nice to know that not only do you have available to you someone that will answer the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 
is at, um, and it's simple, it's 1-800-273-TALK. And if you forget that, no worries, it's right online. Just Google, you know, someone to talk to when I'm feeling really down. Um, and or you can text 741-741. So those are like the in-the-moment crisis things. But, you know, it's interesting. Um, there's, there's someone not far from you that really loves yes. you. And that phone call or that text to that friend, that teammate, that coach, the classmate, the pastor, the parent, just starting that conversation with them, it's therapeutic in itself, yeah. you know? And they yeah. don't, honestly, they don't need to solve your problem. They just need to listen. Yes. And then, you know, I think it's important for people to know, this is one of my main messages in, in my speeches is that I am here to tell you that you are loved mm -hmm. even if you don't feel loved. You do have purpose even if you can't visualize it. Mm -hmm. And then the final one is you are given this life for a reason. Even if you can't grasp those details today, I'm here to tell you I, with my whole heart open and as wide as can be, fight. Fight mm -hmm. to figure that out because... And it just gave me goosebumps because when you arrive to that kind of moment of clarity like I have, it's, um, oh, it's great. It's um, liberating. It's exciting. It's energizing. And so, yeah, I'm not here. I'm not going to deny there are dark, muddy waters in life. Yeah. I've lived them and, mm -hmm. and, you know, not just in my childhood, but in my adult life too. But if you can keep working to get through that and acknowledge that for what it is and start those conversations and you, you just never know what time can give you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can be yeah. very, very beautiful. Oh, thank you very much for sharing some of those. But that outside of that as well, so for me, within my households, uh, at least for me and, and my own family heritage, we have to work fairly proactively to keep mm -hmm. our mental health yeah. in a place of healthy chemical balances, mm -hmm. um, healthy practices with our daily life. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about those areas of exercise, yeah. prayer, meditation, eating right. Um, you also have an ice trick. Yeah. So tell me about that. Yeah. So the ice trick. So it's scientifically proven. If you're in, um, you know, like in the middle of an anxiety episode that you can trick your brain basically to go from the inner part of your brain to the frontal cortex where if you just hold ice it's impossible for your brain not to focus on what that feels mm. like and it can get your um, thinking to kind of basically get you out of that episode it's a trick but it works you right. know and so yeah talking is obviously super important um, the ice trick helps you in some of those crisis moments. And then we all have to, it's not, let's be honest, it's not easy to do the everyday thing like meditating. That could be still pretty taboo for people, but um, trying it, you'd be surprised what can happen. There's yeah. a million apps out there that can help you. Um, and then just the foundation stuff of exercise, meditation, being in nature, being go to the lake mm -hmm. and listen to what that sounds like. Um, so yeah, there's some core things that we need to be doing for self-care, but 
Yeah, the ice trick is a nice little thing to have up your sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Just walk around with ice. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that is fascinating because it is a whole person approach. I mean, it's spiritual, it's yeah. mental, it's physical. Yeah. It's the type of nutrients you're putting in a body. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I find fascinating about the challenges of 10, 11, 12 years old, 17, 18, 19. They even say our brain isn't fully developed until 24, 25, sure. 26 years yep. old. Right. And I remember those 10 years, let's say 15 to 25, being all over the place. Yeah. Um, where, you know, there's so much firing at, at once that um, you just simply need to talk to somebody or find kind of different levels of stability through yeah. exercise, yeah. good eating, and those mm -hmm. type of things. Yeah, and the interesting age group that you just brought up is the second leading cause of death mm -hmm. is suicide. And I think we're just now willing to, as a society, acknowledge that dark fact. Yeah. And we're trying to figure out and grovel for what do we do, you know? Um, so I'm really glad we're talking about it today. Yeah. Well, and I'm really excited to see where this journey takes you. Um, you're on the forefront of it and, and really kind of sharing that at a public level. Mm -hmm. And uh, very exciting to chat with you today about that. We're going to transition into our three questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, I prepared you a little bit for these, but let's just begin with, um, from a broad standpoint, what's good today? You know, I, I love this question because... My mom taught me at an early age, whether you're dealing with um, situations or people, that it's easy to find the differences or the negative things going on. Um, sure, you're going to find them. However, if you're looking for the positive things or the similarities, you're going to find those too. And why not live and concentrate in what is good and positive? So, yep, while it's true, our world can be a sad place. I want to encourage all of us to keep looking for and creating the positive things. I, you know, just the other day, my kiddos came home from school and someone said, you know, Billy created room at the lunch table for Susie who couldn't find a place to sit down and she's a new student, you know. Um, of course, I'm changing the names there, but sure. I think just those examples are around they may not hit the media right like we would like mm -hmm. but I think when you focus on the positive you can find it and if not go be that help yes. help the elderly person crossing the road or whether it is you know what that person's not smiling over there I'm gonna make it my goal to make yep. them smile and you know how funny is it that that ends up being just as rewarding for you as the person that's now smiling right, right? <laughs> positivity breeds positivity definitely definitely I um so in one of the programs I've been in this year we got to do a, a police ride along Ooh. and uh, I'll save the details of the scenario we we're in from specifics anyways but i'm i'm with this police officer in his cruiser and he gets a call to assist an elderly woman to her doctor's appointment Aww. from a church to a doctor's appointment but she was in a motorized car okay and so full disclosure this was a comical experience for okay. Us. okay and at the same time i said to him listen so um there was too much snow on the sidewalks and she couldn't go on the sidewalk so she had to go on the road Oh, gosh. Which this motorized Pause. cart mm -hmm. goes maybe 13 miles an hour. I'm not sure. But she had to go about a mile. And so we got to have the flashers on, follow her, and we're just putting along. <laughs> and people are driving by wondering about the lights. Like, what is going but on? But we're, we're protecting her. And she was so thankful. 
and she was a handful, but <laughs> I said to him, look, you do a lot of important work. This is this is also really cool that you yeah, are well. That's fantastic. He's like, I might give dispatch a little grief for putting me on this one, but um, you know, you you mentioned the little things and helping yeah. an elderly person cross the road or reframing something at home for your kids or or, or encouraging mm-hmm. them when they make good choices at, at school. Yeah. Um, yeah. To piggyback on this, I think it's important to mention. This has kind of been. A mantra of mine is don't forget the power that you have Mm -hmm. and I know that might seem like hmm you know you you might look at life through titles or things like that and I'd like you to erase that for a moment you are a human Mm -hmm. and what a human can do for someone else and your giving heart is so powerful just go make somebody's day Mm -hmm. and you know it might be little might be big but it's, it's powerful what you choose to do with your time, you know? So again, yeah, don't forget the power that you have. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Second question, let's talk about where your heart meets what, what mm-hmm. needs to be mended, what mm-hmm. needs to be better in this world. So obviously the suicide rate could be much better or yeah. wouldn't it be fantastic if it was non-existent? I'd like that yeah. statistic to completely go away, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm passionate about sharing my childhood suicide story just because of that moment of clarity, you know, ultimately to prevent suicide and to help tear down the nasty stigma that surrounds mental health. So that world could be better. And I I think we need to come together as a team in this world and use our collective power to to really dive into all of it, you know, what's causing it, how can we help those that have been affected by it, and um, so yeah, the suicide rate yeah. could be much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. We said what's good, what we can do better. What's next? What's next for you? You know, God has blessed me in, in many ways, um, and one is that I'm blessed to be a mom, so I definitely will keep focused on that world but on top of that this this calling is is real and that moment of clarity was so beautiful I'm, I'm going to honor that and what that means for me is that I'm ready and willing to share my suicide attempt story and in, in hopes to help others and um, you know so I'm, I'm available to do speaking engagements it's it's pretty easy to get a hold of me it's my email is shandy s-h-a-n-d-y underscore longcore at yahoo.com and uh yeah this is just me honoring god's calling for me so i'm really excited Mm -hmm. hopefully it helps well i can't thank you enough for joining me today um it's a courageous story and it's a courageous voice you have and uh we will hold it gracefully and and we're just really thankful that you're willing to say here's my story and and i long for that to mend other people's lives and and we really appreciate your time today oh thank you for having me i god has blessed me so thank you all right thank you so much